Welcome back to High School Days. This is a bonus episode in which I am joined by several colleagues from Albuquerque High School to talk about our current situations as we prepare for teaching a new year during the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's jump right into the episode. So we are on a special edition of High School Days. Um, typically, the format of our podcast is that we focus on like art and high school and the high school experience. However, um, today's going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going to be taking a teacher perspective on the high school experience and especially the important time that we're in now. Um, there's a lot going on uh, that is going to happen in these next few days, weeks, and even repercussions that will happen for, for the year um, or years after this, just this year. But 2021 is definitely a, a different um, kind of uh, water that we're treading, um, we can say. So I want to welcome several people. Um, these are colleagues of mine um, from the school that I work at currently. And um, I don't know if you guys want to introduce yourself and just maybe say what you teach. Um, they're all teachers, so they all teach different things. And, uh, and yeah, we'll go from there. So I don't know, Ms. Troncoso, do you want to go first? Sure. So um, uh, I'm Yolanda Troncoso, and I teach Spanish uh, pretty much most of the time. Every now and then I teach ESL. And uh, yeah, this is going to be my 21st, 22nd year teaching. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, Ms. Gillette, do you want to chime in? Uh, sure. Um, hello, my name is Lisa Gillette, and um, I teach art at Albuquerque High. Um, I think I've been there for 19 years, um, and I, I call it my home. I teach jewelry and art one. Cool. And then uh, let's see. So we have one more teacher on, uh, Mr. Ortiz. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, and you guys yourselves? I'm good, thank you. So do you want to introduce yourself and maybe let us know what you teach? Yeah, uh, I am at Albuquerque High School and I teach AVID and Spanish 1 and 2. Cool, perfect. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, forget, I forgot to mention, one year I did teach Art 1. There. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, cool. <laughs> so like I said, um, I, we are typically, we talk about like the high school experience from more of an artist perspective or kind of just on memory lane. But um, today we're going to be talking about how things are being impacted currently, um, maybe some emotions that we're feeling. Um, and uh, I'll open it up and I'll just say, like, for me, um, there's a lot of concerns around um, health and safety, first and foremost. Um, I think uh, for me, um, just here at home, my, my family itself uh, has high risk needs. And uh, I'm just really concerned about um, facilities. I'm concerned about the space, um, equity, especially in terms of what some schools have and others don't. Um, so those are primarily um, those are primarily my concerns. Um, and so, Ms. Madueña, I saw that you're on now as well. Um, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself and um, and just let us know what you teach as well. Cool. Okay, so she keeps having issues, I think, connecting, but hopefully mm -hmm. she can she can join us. Um, and I guess, Mr. Ortiz, I know you're going to be here for a limited time. I don't know if you want to share with us um, maybe some of your concerns or um, what's on your mind currently. Um, yeah, so 
some of the conversations that I've had with people is the sense of what do we look like as teachers? What are our roles as teachers during this pandemic? Um, and I feel like a lot is being, a lot has always been thrown on us. And I think a lot has been thrown on us more now. And I guess what bothers me most is that our integrity is being questioned in the sense of, well, don't you care about the students? Don't you care about being at work? And the reality is we've always cared about the students. It's just now that politicians and leadership, they themselves are recognizing, oh, I think we should care about students too during this pandemic. Like they've jumped on the train that we've been pulling for a long time. And yeah. so it, I know it hurts my heart and it hurts my colleagues' hearts for us and our integrity to be questioned if we're doing this for the kids or why are we being so selfish? And I think that's one of the issues that I'm, that I'm kind of really trying to fight against. Yeah. Yeah. Ms. Madwenya, I don't know if you can speak <laughs> now. Um, I know you're yeah. having issues connecting, but I, how, how are you doing today? Sorry about that. Uh, my name is Mara Madwenya. Uh, I've been at Albuquerque High. I've been teaching for eight years. Um, about 10 years, if you include my time as a long-term long substitute. And I'm going into my sixth year at Albuquerque High School. Um, I teach psychology, AP psychology, AP government, regular government, and world history. Um, so I really get to see a pretty broad spectrum of students. Um, yeah. And I think that my biggest frustration right now is for the kids. I, If we don't know what we're preparing for, which... Um, you know, they've, they've given information to the media. They've said, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. This is how it's going to be. But they haven't said anything to teachers beyond that. And we're the real yeah. go between, between these families and the district and PED and, and all these things. And it's, like I said, my biggest stress, once again, like Mr. Ortiz said, is how do we prepare for the kids? Because I don't want them to lose out on this precious learning time that they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Miss Troncoso or Miss Gillette, do you guys want to chime in maybe? Um, yeah, I, I'll go because I think some of what I will say kind of builds on what Miss uh, Madueña has said. I think for me, one of the things that's been really disconcerting is um, I look at leadership at all the levels in APS and it just seems to not be there, <laughs> or it seems to be very weak uh, or indecisive, uncertain. And this uh, this bothers me a lot. Um, I mentioned in our meeting the other day that I was really surprised uh, how the end of the school year was. When I went to clean up my classroom and finish things up, nobody was there. You know, the offices were closed. There were no secretaries. You know, I couldn't get anything signed. Uh, I mean, it just really surprised me that this was the way we were finishing the school year. And yeah. I see the school year starting up, and I see no definite answers about schedules, about how we're going to start, what are we going to do the first week if we go back on August 5th. Um, what's the plan there? What's the plan for PD? What's the plan for doing, for getting things ready in the three weeks to to prior, supposedly prior to hybrid? Uh, it just seems to me that there are a lot of unanswered questions that should be answered by now. Um, years ago, when I first started in Albuquerque High School, or where I was at, 
Um, we always, about two to three weeks before the school year would start, we'd get a letter in the mail from admin. The letter in the mail specifically restated what our schedule was going to be for the upcoming year. It would give us a schedule for the first week going back. In other words, what were we going to do? What to expect? And I've seen a letter like that uh, every year, except for maybe the last two or three years. So I don't know what the heck's going on. It just strikes me that, yeah. especially given the circumstances that we are in, we should be having a lot more um, specific and direct communication about what the heck we're supposed to be doing. Uh, that really concerns me a lot. I want to comment on on some of what you brought up because I think we are, from my experience, because the majority of my teaching experience right now has been in private school, and I made the jump mm. to to public mm -hmm. school, and yeah. kind of for moments like this, like to really make systemic change. And um, I mean, I left I left a, a private school where I was a department head. Um, I had to take a, a, mm -hmm. a several thousand dollar pay cut. Um, to make the jump to public school. Um, so all that for, for, like I say, like moments like this to make real change, because I see some of the things that I've grown up with, right? Like, I mean, I went to Title I schools my whole life, huge public school, um, just like Albuquerque High. And um, it's always been the same thing. It always seems like there's no funding. We're always in survival mode. Mm. There's like mm. limited facilities or rundown facilities. And I'm just... I, in a way, I'm like, why? Why is that? And in a way, it's like, how do we fix that? Like, how do we think, like, ten years ahead, and prepare for situations like now, like the pandemic, or have a plan in place mm -hmm. that we can we can kind of fall back on when things like this happen? And I think that's kind of mm -hmm. what you're saying is that there's yeah. again, it's all survival no mode. It's like living for today, yeah. but then it's like, what about the five years, ten years down the road? How do we? How do we? Um, Kind of navigate that um, or even prepare for that with when you're just strictly trying to keep your head above water yeah there's no planning you know one, one thing that really caught my attention and i've seen i've seen administration transitions at least twice at that school and one thing that has really caught my attention especially the last one is is how everything that the previous administration did seems to be entirely unknown to the next one so it's like we're starting all over again, reinventing the wheel all over again. And which, in my opinion, is absolutely unnecessary. There were things that were done in previous administrations that worked. Why don't we just keep on doing those things instead of reinventing the wheel? And, and I think and that's I, across the board oftentimes, though. Like yeah, from I, I agree. my experience in like nonprofits to other schools, like mm -hmm. communication is so important. And that is something that, they say curiosity killed the cat. I think it's communication that did because these like ideas and these things, plans, whatever, are not communicated. And again, it's not on like one entity, one group, but I think across the board as people, right? Like even um, we kind of run into these these challenges where we don't know or have the skills to communicate things that have worked, things that we do, things that ideas that we have in our head. Um, so finding those outlets and resources and I think um, opportunities, right, to give leadership or people that that have those skills to kind of step up and, and fit those roles. Um, I, I, I think, do. I, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I, that I, I, I think you're right about communication. But I think that beyond communication, I think there's a question of vision. I think that different, mm -hmm. different entities within the school system have a different vision of what school should be. 
I think that vision is different, for even sometimes between different groups of teachers. Um, counselors may have a vision, admin may have a vision, parents may have a particular vision, uh, students may have a particular vision. And because all these people have these different visions, it's difficult to plan for the future and communicate about that because people are just yeah. operating. To, to give you an example of how different I think this is, um, so I never really had spent much time on Twitter, but then in June, I did spend a significant amount of time there. And that's something I thought was really interesting was, um, okay, so there, in some of the places that I would see a lot of feeds from, there were a lot of people not particularly happy with the school system and how it functions. And what I thought was interesting was their particular vision of what school should be. And invariably, almost all of the people that were outside of the school system thought of the school system as a place where students are supposed to go learn basic skills. That seemed to be the fundamental viewpoint. And then I would get feeds from people that were educators, professional involved in the field. And it was interesting to see how they described what their job as a teacher was, never included the verb or those ideas about teaching basic skills. They kept mentioning things about, you know, we have to be uh, there to, to deal with students' emotions, to build relationships. They never mentioned the word teaching in there. And when you mm -hmm. see these two very extremely different visions, I mean, I think you can see why it's difficult to communicate and why it's difficult to long-term plan. Because what parents mm -hmm. think schools ought to be doing is not what educators think we should be doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I think that's an interesting point. Um, I do want to jump into Mr. Lett. Do you want to share any any thoughts right now as well? Hi. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been um, spending this summer at home, like everyone, um, for the first time in a really long time. And I've just been really listening. I've been listening to my colleagues. I've been listening to authors and artists and um, absorbing so much. And what I find is I listen and I listen and I listen and then and then I have something to say <laughs> and then I go back to listening. Um, I, I see this distance learning as an opportunity. Um, it's temporary, it's temporary. Um, so I would really like, um, and Forrest, Aidy mentioned this, you know, less um, time spent on how do we go back and more time um, on how do we do online learning that we're starting in a few weeks and um, providing PD and tools for teachers, parents, and uh, students, of course. So um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, because I feel supported by my my colleagues and um, I guess my personal friend circle, um, this is something I want to try because mm -hmm. I don't want to go back into our old unsafe facility. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know about anybody else, but I think that if you had tried, I don't know if any of you tried to do online learning with students in March, April, and May of the last school year. But I think if you did, it would have it will have given you some idea already of what to do and where to start and where to go. I mean, I tried to yeah. do it, and um, 
you know, I had one class that worked really well. I had one class that didn't work at all. And then I had, you know, two or three that were like in the middle. But they give they gave you some insight. And I think that if you didn't try and do some classes last in the last uh, end of the school year, it is going to feel really uh, daunting, overwhelming, uh, with a lot of uncertainty because it's like, wow, I only have two weeks and I got to figure this out. Um, but yeah. if you and I think go ahead. I think some of that some of that has to come down from from leadership and and kind mm -hmm. of enforcing some of that structure and and having a schedule and all that stuff. Um, I think it also like I, I I don't know. There's it's interesting because for me I take for granted that I have grown up with technology and mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes a lot of the older generations um, it's it is different and it changes so quickly and um, yeah. I know that. In my experience, like we have to, we have to. Education is going to change regardless. Like the, that, that's just, yeah. um, and we have to, I think, get through the, the thought process that we're teaching to um, a new breed of students every four or five years, maybe even sooner than that. Um, they all learn so different, and even in just my seven, eight years of teaching, like it, it's been so drastically different from when I started. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think for me, like, it, I I just hope. My hope is that the these tools that we give them can also be implemented um, when we do end up back in the classrooms or when we do. Um, I I think these are all things that we can apply as we move forward um, and include in part of our in part of our our curriculum, our part of our pedagogy. Um, so yeah, I don't know if anybody else wanted to, to mention anything else that's on their mind. Well, I kind of wanted to jump in with what you were saying about, this is Mara, um, about okay. the schools changing and all those sorts of things and, and students shifting, you know, every so many years. Um, I think that one of the biggest issues that I'm seeing, and, and this is systemic, this doesn't just apply to education, um, is that these times are so incredibly uncertain. Um, mm -hmm. we left school on March 13th, which was a Friday and we just expected to come back at spring break. And that yeah. inevitably just kept rolling forward and forward. And we're even seeing that, as you mentioned uh, prior to starting this, we're going to be seeing some things coming out with the city today. Our governor speaking today. It's, it's yeah. sort of a week by week thing. I mean, I had travel planned this summer to Europe and it was like mm -hmm. one week it was going on and they push it back another week and another week. And it's at some point the way that I'm feeling about the district and, and, and our, and our administration is at some point, somebody has to make a decision to say, this is what it is. We're going to move full steam ahead with this. You guys can plan on this. We're going to do yeah. this because everything's so uncertain that yeah. by living, continuing to live in the uncertainty, the yeah. instability of that for everybody mentally, emotionally, physically. Yeah, it just makes is, it worse. It's maddening. And and mm. and as far as I can see, I'm not an epidemiologist, but as far as I can see, this is this is the new world. This is, as Miss Gillette said, this is not permanent, but this is 2020. And mm -hmm. so at some point we need to say, okay. Who are we worried about? What are we worried about? These are our three priorities. What makes sense? All right, distance learning. Teachers, here is your schedule. You're gonna be doing, you know, is it 30 minutes a day like it was before? Are we going to be going through complete schedules? Are we gonna be mm -hmm. expected to go in at some point without students? Like, I don't understand how the district was able to 
agree on the instructional plan, as they mentioned. There was two plans, instructional and operational. They barely agreed on the instructional plan with the board meeting. And then yeah. how yeah. do you agree on an instructional plan and not make an operational plan and then introduce the instructional plan as if it's fact when it does go hand in hand with an operational plan? Somebody somewhere needs yeah. to say, let's move forward so that we, I mean, our kids are anxious. I see them. I see them out and about. They're writing me on social media. What's going on? I read this in the news. I saw this. I have friends that are parents and they're calling me kind of panicked like, oh, it just said this. Wait, it said this. And all I can tell them all is just sit back and wait. We're we're waiting. Yeah. 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 It's crazy times. That's why I I I hope that. And again, it's uncharted territory. Um, So I'm I'm trying to just stay positive as best as I can. Yes. Most days I'm not, <laughs> but um, it's it's really it's hard. Like you say, like I think that you put it best. It's maddening on so many levels, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I hope that um, this this episode will probably be released after the governor's decision and whatnot. So things will hopefully have we'll have a more of an understanding as to what to expect and mm-hmm. what um at least the fall semester will look like mm-hmm. um so who knows maybe we'll have to have a, a episode two <laughs> for the teacher edition you mind, well, if, you mind I, if i say one more thing I think, oh yeah go ahead oh yeah oh sorry Ma, i'll let you wrap it up oh, well i'm just gonna say this and you can go really quick i think that for educators and miss gillette brought up this point it's something that i've been doing that if we're going to speak on an educator level has given me peace I know that at least the first two weeks I'm, we're not going to be at school, right? And and yeah. and as you mentioned also, um, there is going to be a shift in the way that kids learn. We are going to be moving to more uh, digital platforms and all these things. So if, if I could give one bit of advice to other teachers, it would be just start working on what you think you're going to need to do. Mm-hmm. I find that I, yeah. I get immense peace by putting, you know, I'm, I'm working on my website and putting together these lessons and taking these things that I would have done in classes as handouts or as group activities and sort of reworking them and putting them into Google Classroom. And and it is maddening, but that I found is a cure for the madness in in some ways, because at least I feel like I'm doing something for my kids. And then to jump on what um, Mara is saying is that I think it's maddening and upsetting, I know for me and for others, is because normally we have autonomy in our classroom and we have control. And we have lost any sense of control because there is no direction. Mm-hmm. And I think like Mara says, and Lisa says, and I think we all have that same mentality. We should, they should trust us as professionals and our opinion should have been heard and listened to a long time ago. Um, Cause we're all saying the same thing. We're all saying, okay, we're gonna prepare for digital online learning. Um, let's start doing professional development. Let me get my supplies and everything start ready. Because we're, we're doing that now. Like Mara said, she's doing that. I'm doing that because we're we're going to get ready for online. And I wish that our voices would have been heard at the end of March or back in May. And a lot of these discussions should have been had. And a lot of these issues could have been resolved way early on instead of two weeks before we're going back. Yeah. And the, and the way I see it is, it, like, I, I don't remember who mentioned this about things being politicized, but... And unfortunately, it's not till that has happened that now action wants to be taken, right? And so for those people that, that are, I've seen on social media claiming like, since when is education political? And when since when are teachers politicians and blah, blah, blah? It's like, in my opinion, and this is just my humble opinion, not representative of anybody else, but 
I feel like everything's political from where we shop, from the food we eat, who we support, mm. uh, all the businesses. Like, and, and in this case, I think the scary thing for some people is that teachers are now in a seat of power. And since it has been politicized and I don't know, some people are, are scared of that because I think we as teachers and educators and, and not just teachers, but other faculty that work in the building, whether it be nurses, EAs, um, special ed teachers, uh, um, all everybody, right? Even janitors, like we are, we outnumber the, the I guess the, the majority of, of the of faculty or whatever, right? We're, we're a bigger number than the people in power. Well, and I think you're absolutely right. And and for people to just now be making the delineation of education is looking really political. It's always been political. Oh, Educational yeah. inst- institutions of education are are a huge part of the political machine. I mean, this is mm-hmm. I teach government. This is where kids learn about <laughs> politics and oh. and to sort of think that we're supposed to sit back and keep our mouths shut when we are teaching young people how to not just sit back and keep their mouths shut is just sort of silly and ridiculous i mean (laughs) it's and i feel like it's this huge onion right that gradually we're we're peeling all these layers and it's just such a a, i don't know there i'm i'm tired (laughs) and the year hasn't even started but i know like this work that we've done over the summer discussions we've had at a district level reaching out to to people in in policy and government, I think things have to get better. And I just had that conversation with my wife a little while ago, and she's an educator as well. She's a high school teacher too. So we're I, things have to get better. Like all this has to lead to something greater. And again, we'll find out more later today from uh, the governor of New Mexico what that greater could look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hopefully she's she's listened to a lot of the concerns that have come up. I, I have faith in her that she did. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, and we'll see kind of what the, the year moving forward will, will look like. Um, I do. So I do want to want to kind of wrap up a little bit. And um, I do want to end on kind of a, a sweet note, um, as opposed to just kind of the, <laughs> the bitter taste that we've all had. Um, for the last couple months, but um, I want to put this out there and I just want to like give you guys like a, a prompt or I guess a suggestion, like maybe you want to share like something that you miss either or are excited or looking forward to as we move forward. Um, just something that I, I don't know that you you feel like you haven't had since we've been out of school and and, uh, and yeah, I don't know, just something positive you want to end on. I'll go first. Um, I really, really, really miss the connection to the kids, not just being able to be in front of them and teaching them, but talking to them Um, and just hearing about their lives. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I live in the Albuquerque high school neighborhood. And so I'll see them at the grocery store. I'll see them when I'm out walking and I'll, I'll stop them and I'm asking them questions about their lives and what's going on and, and those Mm check-in moments. And I was able to do that through some of the apps um, you know, Hey, how are you? What's going on with this? I heard this was going on with your mom, or you mentioned this with your sibling, but it's different. It's different from those few minutes in the hallway where you can pull someone aside and they're talking to you about something. It's just that human to human connection. 
Um, I also miss those moments where you see them clicking on something. And cool. then I remember why I became a teacher and that maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm doing okay at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Any, anybody else want to share or I'll even go. like your favorite thing about teaching? I'll go. Um, go ahead. So yeah, one thing I miss. Yeah. So one thing I miss is just joking around with students. Is <laughs> every year I always end up. There's always about two or three students with whom, for whatever reasons. Well, I can. I think I kind of know the reasons. They always sort of end up gravitating to me, and we'll have chat and joke around and stuff. And I, I miss that because I always. I miss also finding out who are going to be those students for this year, because they always end up coming to me. I never really seek them out, but I just let them sort of come around. And it's always interesting to see who they are. And, and it's going to be difficult to have that happen, I think, doing it online. Because even though the online experience can be nice, there's still a lot that that you're, that in-person thing is just isn't quite the same. Cool. But we'll see. You know, yeah. Maybe it'll be a great opportunity to meet with them in a different way. So, so that I miss. And, uh, well, it's just another opportunity to, just, uh, to learn a new way of doing things. So I look at it that way, an opportunity to learn new things. Yeah. Cool. So oddly enough, I'm going to miss the hallways. I really enjoy being in the hallway because I always <laughs> wait outside. I always make my students wait outside, and um, I check in with them as they come through the door. And So I'm missing them and random students. I honestly have like had students that were mine that I built relationships with just because they walked by me through the hall. Um, I'm, I love being in the hallway because I see my students, I see other kids who aren't my students who I get to know, and then I get to see my colleagues in that hallway. And I think that's how I've built such a strong connection with the people in my hallway, just from standing outside my door. And it's just how powerful and impactful that's been in building relationships and the connection that I've made to Albuquerque High. So I really love that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so the halls really stress me out, Victor. <laughs> um, I won't miss the halls, but I, I, I don't, I don't I, mind switching your rooms. I, I have a, I'm behind Miss Gillette's room. I'm like, I don't have a hallway. You have to go through her room. I, I, I wouldn't mind the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that later. No, and like you guys, um, I miss school. I miss Albuquerque High. Um. I get really emotional. Uh, and being an art teacher, you know, you get to see those, um, your students make discoveries, especially teaching jewelry, where I'm teaching brand new skills, um, soldering, sawing. Um, it's very empowering for them. Um, but I just, uh, I miss the, you know, what fall feels like at school and then springtime. Um, so um, I miss uh, connecting with them, talking to them, knowing what they're feeling by their body language, a look on their face. Um, so like all of you, I'm going to connect with them using different apps. Um, I hope I can see their faces and, and read what they're uh, feeling. Um, I, I do have a lot of returning students that I know that I can reach out to and they can reach out to me. So I think it's just um, staying connected and, and um, implementing changes that um, need to happen 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I And like you guys, I do, I miss the students. I mean, I, I saw my, my course um, list the other day and I have about 55 returning students and I'm just like, Oh, that's so awesome. Like these are kids that I already know. And like, I'm just like, that's, that's great. Right. But then my other classes are, are kids that I don't know. So three of the classes that I, that I would be teaching are kids that I've never even met. Um, so that's, that's awesome in itself. And actually I lie. There's one student that is, I think a senior that's taking ceramics one who actually taught in sixth grade. So wow. it's been wow. six years though since I was senior. <laughs> and um, it'll be interesting to be back in that kind of setting with her. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I, I do is I'm um, actually, and it's, it might seem kind of juvenile and I was actually called out on it this, this year by, um, I had a, a senior boy and his girlfriend would walk him to class and uh, I would greet students, right? I give them a handshake. They choose, like I have a greeting menu. So they choose what kind of handshake or greeting we give each other. Mm-hmm. And um, she made a comment like, oh, why, why does he do that? That's so weird. And um, I told her, I was like, well, you know, what's even more weird is that you're in a school with 1600 other kids and a few of you walk through the halls and never are noticed. Like no one recognizes you or, or greets you or whatever. I was like, that to me is weird. So that's why I do this. And then, um, so I'll definitely miss that part. Once we go back or whatever, I'll mm-hmm. miss being able to greet my students because it's something so small that we take for granted that we are asked not to do, right? Handshakes, hugs, like just that physical, like being in that proximity with each other to, to do that. Um, so that's something that, I'll miss because I know for me, I really took pride in, in being at a hundred percent, like greeting every single student that walked through my doors. So like you, Mr. Ortiz, like, I think that's, that's something that has helped me build relationships with kids. Um, because there were a few that had our, we had our own secret handshakes. There were a few Uh that like would give me a hard time. No, you didn't do it right. Or that's not (laughs) what I like, whatever. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I want to, um, just tell you guys how much I appreciate you. And I think in, in terms of the public the, and parents, um, I don't think there's a lot that they know and the amount of work that we're putting in currently have put in over the, the summer, right? Our quote unquote break. Um, I don't see summers as breaks. Um, it's just a different kind of work. Um, and we refuel ourselves. I know Mr. Ortiz is in the middle of a, of a training of some sort as well. As, <laughs> yeah. And he's been... He was on break, so he was able to join us. Um, I know several of my colleagues are a part of like professional developments. They're they're uh, they're presenting at different conferences and stuff. So it's 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 work all year long, and it's not like a, a three month break like I think the public or a two month break or whatever the the public thinks we have. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just want to thank you again so much for joining me, um, all of you guys on the on the call and. Uh, I, I appreciate your work and and I know like as a as a fellow educator um, how hard you guys work and the presence you guys have at the school. So um, thank you. I don't know if you want to leave with any final thoughts, any hopes, dreams, wishes, or anything else that that you want to leave people with. No, well, just thank you very much for setting this up, Mr. Palomares. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And. Uh... Last year, which is weird because I had a rough start last year as well because I was in this accident and it's taken me a while to kind of recover from it. And I was hoping this summer and everything would be a little bit different and a little bit better. 
Um, and then we've gone through all this, but I know that it's going to take time. And like Lisa said, it's not going to be forever. And I think we just have to rely on each other more than ever. And we have to realize how strong of a community we are. And we need to be able to support each other and even ask for help. And sometimes as hard as it is, take that help. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I just want to say that I'm super grateful uh, for the Albuquerque High School community. Uh, I'm with Lisa and that yeah. I miss my peers and I miss the energy, not just of the students, but of the staff there. And in terms of how all of this has been um, folding out, you know, with, with the school board meeting and, and PEDs guidelines and all these different things, I'm just once again so proud to be part of Albuquerque High School and the organization of the teachers there to fight for students mm -hmm. and, and not Definitely. let them be silenced for sure. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just want to thank you, Renee, for um, organizing this and, and letting us speak and have a conversation. Um, I'm always filled with gratitude when I can spend time with my colleagues. <laughs> Um, it, it definitely um, is what has kept me going this summer, and um, and yeah, I um, I'm I'm very proud of um, the Albuquerque High community, and um, oftentimes in, in awe. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you all again so much, um, and I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of High School Days. I want to thank my colleagues, Ms. Gillette, Ms. Madueña, Ms. Troncoso, and Mr. Ortiz for joining me. We're still awaiting a press briefing by our governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham, later today, July 23rd. Hopefully, we'll have a little more direction and understanding of what's expected of us as we move forward this fall. My hope is that we can offer support and solutions to so many of the issues plaguing public education, and not just since the pandemic started. I think about the words of my high school art teacher when as a senior he told me a good artist is never satisfied with their work. I feel like I've taken those words in everything I do, especially teaching. May we all be given the strength, stamina, and as Mr. Troncoso said, the vision to move forward. This is Renee signing off. Take care until next time.